0: Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode number 14. The devotion is led by yours truly, Josh Hallahan, Director of Discipleship here at FAS. I was away for two weeks from our Monday morning Zoom call and was excited to get back and privileged to share uh, the devotion this week and shared from Mark chapter 10 and look specifically at the question that Jesus asks twice uh, throughout this passage. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? And so as you listen and as you spend time in prayer, I would just encourage you to let Jesus ask you that question. What do you want me to do for you? Hope you enjoy. Well, this morning, I'm going to share from Mark chapter 10. Uh, You can turn there or just listen along with me. Uh, We looked at this passage uh, this week with the group that I was with. Uh, Mark chapter ten, and I'll start at verse thirty-two. Let me pray for us as we as we begin. Father, we're grateful to gather here. We're grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for these men and women on the call and uh, the many uh, areas of ministry and just involvement for your kingdom that you've you've called them to. Uh, and, and Jesus, as we carve out this time to. Look at your word as we carve out this time to pray together and carry one another's burdens. Would you just be honored and glorified? Would you speak now, Holy Spirit, through your word? Uh, teach us, we pray, and unite our hearts together as one. We pray in your name. Amen. So, again, this is uh, Mark chapter 10. I'm starting at 32, and I'm going to read down to 52 and juggle the entrances. Here. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spin on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they had been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers, as the Gentiles, lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all, slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I remember as a child, uh, I think I only tried this once and it didn't work. So I never tried it again, but uh, wanting something really bad from my parents, you know, whether it was a toy or, you know, something I saw at the store and I, I wanted it really bad. And uh, I remember playing this card that James and John seemed to play here. I remember going to my mom and dad and saying, listen, I have a question for you and your answer needs to be yes. Uh, and then I made my appeal. It, it, it didn't work. Um, Really, what I wanted from them was their money, right? Um, And, uh, you know, I think James and John are are trying in some ways to play the same card with Jesus. We have a question for you, and we need your answer to be yes to what we're about to ask. Um, I knew it wouldn't work. I I don't know if James and John knew that it wouldn't work, uh, but they tried it regardless. So we have three stories here. And the first one is important because uh, it gives us a bit more of the context. But Jesus, uh, they're, they're traveling together, Jesus and his disciples, and they're on their way to Jerusalem. And Jesus is, is trying his best to prepare the disciples for what is about to happen. And uh, he's, he's warning them that he's going to be put to death. Uh, you know, the Son of Man is about to be handed over. Uh, they're going to mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And then three days later, he will rise. And I just find it, it amazing that it's it's at this point that James and John make their their appeal to Jesus. Right? Um, we don't know exactly how much time has lapsed between Jesus warning them, but it's all in the same flow of the story. I also think it's amazing. John um, John tells the story in his gospel account too. Uh, now, in his account, it's it's his mother asking, but. Um, this is John, you know the the beloved disciple, and James. Anyway, they come to Jesus and and they say, "We want you to do for us whatever we ask." Now, again, we don't get all the ins and outs, and uh, we can kind of read into the story a little bit here. But uh, perhaps they're focused on that that last line that Jesus said. You know, three days later, the Son of Man will rise again. Uh, maybe they think this is. This is finally it. This is when Jesus, we're going to Jerusalem. This is when Jesus is going to to finally overthrow Rome. He's finally going to take uh, the physical reign of king that we've been waiting for. Now's our chance. Uh, Peter's distracted. Let's talk to Jesus, one-on-one, the two of us. Jesus, when you are on your throne, when you have taken your rightful place, uh, can we have the right and the left? I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to say yes. We have this position of power, this position of authority. We want to be seen with you. Some questions I think, you know, why why did they think they deserved it? Again, maybe John, you know, he's he's the disciple that Jesus loved. James and John, the sons of thunder, right? Maybe they were the physically powerful, you know, Jesus, you need some good bodyguards alongside of you. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it something in them felt that they were it was okay to ask this question um, And so they ask, and Jesus uh strongly though I think also with grace uh puts them in their place uh, he says you, you don't know what you're asking uh are you willing to suffer' Are you willing to drink from the cup that I will drink from? Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And again, James and John, probably not exactly thinking straight. They got their eye on their prize. Uh, Yes. Yes, we are. We're willing. And so Jesus, again, uh, I think strongly, but also with grace, puts them in their place and says, well, uh this those positions are are set aside. I I the Father is the one who 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 has names those positions. Uh you will drink from my cup and you will be baptized in my baptism. But that position uh I'm not I'm not giving to you. And of course, the disciples they hear this, right? They they they, they clue into what's going on and they become agitated, they become frustrated with James and John. Uh maybe again, maybe they you know, Peter's jealous. They beat him to the punch. Uh, maybe they're, you know, they see that Jesus was a little bit upset with the disciples and so they're going to be upset with the with James and John as well. Regardless, some murmuring comes between the disciples and they're frustrated with each other. And Jesus shares with them of what it, what true leadership or true uh, power and authority, what that looks like. And he says to them, uh, in God's kingdom, power and position comes from being a servant to all. Power and position is, is to be a slave to all, is the word that Jesus uses. And again, I'm reading a little bit into the story, but, uh, you know, Jesus loved his disciples, obviously. Those are his core group. And, oh, no, I just kind of imagine him looking at them and saying, you, kind of giving each of them eye contact. You. Need to be slave to all. To each other. Serve one another. Stop looking for these positions of power. Stop trying to one-up one another. I came to serve. You need to serve one another. That's what his kingdom looks like. Don't look... For position don't look for power don't look for authority the way the gentile rulers do but rather serve each other so they continue on their journey reaching jericho they're they're leaving jericho and we meet bartimaeus the blind man sitting on the side of the road begging you know you don't get more humble in a position than that uh sitting on the side of the road, just hoping someone will throw something your way. Uh and, and clearly, I think we the scene is set that uh he no one's really looking out for him because he's crying out. He hears that Jesus of Nazareth is 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 passing by on the road and he starts crying out, son, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are telling him, Be quiet, Bartimaeus. be quiet. Right? And and Jesus hears him and says, Hey. Call that one bring him to me and uh so then all of a sudden it's hey cheer up bartimaeus come on he's calling he's asking for you and we're told bartimaeus jumps up throws his cloak aside and goes to jesus here's the question again we just heard it before but jesus asked bartimaeus the same question that he asked james and john bartimaeus what do you want me to do for you and bartimaeus As simple a request as there can be, right? Rabbi, I want to see. You know, his blindness had left him as a beggar. His blindness had had left him in the most humble of state. Just depending on the kindness of strangers who are passing by. Can't get anywhere in life. Rabbi, if you can make me see, I'll have a chance. Maybe my life will change. And and he obviously knew something of Jesus. He obviously, there was a reputation that Bartimaeus knew. I think Bartimaeus knew, if I ever had a chance, it's now. If Jesus is passing by, this is my opportunity. And so he yelled as loud as he could. And he's so excited to get an audience with Jesus. Jumping to his feet, throwing his clothes aside. Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, I want to see. Your faith has healed you, go. And immediately, immediately, Bartimaeus can see. And it says that he follows Jesus along the road. We don't know how long Bartimaeus followed Jesus physically. I think Bartimaeus spent the rest of his life following the way of Jesus. So today, I just want us to think about as we go into a time of prayer, That question that Jesus is asking. You can insert your name there. What do you want me to do for you? On Sunday in our church, we were looking at Philippians chapter 3. And I'll read this real quick and just kind of wrap it up. But Paul says in Philippians 3, starting at verse 7, he says this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Again, think back to James and John. They're looking for power and position, right? Now, Paul is saying, I have all the credentials a Jewish man could could want. Right Before before verse 7, he runs through the list of all his credentials. Uh, He's got them all. And then he encountered Jesus. And he, like uh, at least for a day or two, like Bartimaeus, was blinded. uh, And then his eyes were opened. uh, But his heart was also opened. And Paul has realized that all these these man-made positions, this man-made power, he calls them rubbish. Uh, There's a much stronger word that we can use, which I won't. But uh, we all know what that word is. (laughs) it's It's dung, right? it's 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 garbage. It's to be tossed aside. all of that. compared to knowing Jesus, knowing his resurrection, his resurrection power. You know, uh, Paul's heart was changed dramatically. Uh, our, our The speaker in our church, our pre- uh, preacher on Sunday said he went from uh, seeking Jesus or, or the followers of Jesus to arrest them to seeking Jesus. He wants Jesus. He wants to know Jesus deeply and intimately. Nothing else matters. And Jesus, this is the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. If you really want to be in my kingdom, if you really want to reign with me, you're going to need to suffer. Uh, There's going to be trouble along the way. You're gonna need to be a servant. This man-made way of doing things, of seeking power and fame, that's rubbish. We're not going that route. Are you willing to drink from my cup? Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And we know that James and John were eventually. Their hearts got redirected uh, and they did give their life for Christ. Gave the rest of their life for Christ. Bartimaeus experienced just a bit of the resurrection power on that road that day. When he went from being blind to his eyes being opened and his life changing radically. And most likely spent the rest of his days following Jesus. Probably still went through some hardship. And and has experienced the full resurrection of following Jesus. Paul also, we know. So today, as we go into this time of prayer, uh, you know, I just want to ask us, what are we asking in Jesus? Maybe uh, maybe we need our, our our prayers to be a bit redirected, like James and John. Maybe there's some selfishness in there. Maybe we're seeking things that are not necessarily uh, of god's kingdom and we need jesus to correct that for us maybe we're on the other end of the spectrum like bartimaeus and rabbi we just want to see you know i got, i don't even know what to ask there's so much going on i can't make sense of it rabbi i just want to see or maybe we're somewhere in the middle but as we come today i want us to remember and uh and I, I guess it's just the Lenten season, right? But I just came out of the chapel at Asbury and uh, talking about following in God's kingdom means, uh, means suffering. It means pain. It means hardship. But we know we know that the resurrection power is there. We know that the tomb is empty. But we can't escape the in-between. We can't escape Good Friday. Uh, but we can go through the suffering knowing that his resurrection power is there and we will experience it in its fullness someday. So as we go into a time of prayer, I just want to ask you that question on behalf of Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? Well, thanks again, friends, for checking out the podcast. We continue to hope and pray that these devotions are an encouragement to you. If at any time you need more information about the Francis Asbury Society, you can check us out on our website, www.francisasburysociety.com. Feel free to shoot us an email and give us a call. We can be of any help and encouragement to you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.